Welcome, everyone, to the Change Starts Here podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Odom. And this week, we welcome Trisha Valesk, who is the executive director of the Raise the Bar Initiative in Northwest Ohio. Trisha is an incredibly thoughtful person and passionate person. And she's really passionate about uh, the mission of Raise the Bar, which is uh, unleashing potential of kids. You know, I think we talked about cradle to grave. So kids as young as kindergarten or even before, all the way through adults and helping them figure out what their purpose is in life, what impact they want to make and helping them get connected with the education they need to be successful, the resources, the relationships or the job opportunities to help them advance their lives and their purpose. And so this conversation dives into uh, the community initiative of what is Raise the Bar? How did it start? What are their goals? What are the challenges they faced? And what recommendations does she have for folks trying to create a stronger community impact around workforce development and leadership skills and kids all the way through adults? It's a really fascinating conversation. Um, we kept it to about 30 minutes uh, in, in a rapid fire, really good, healthy way. And so I think you'll enjoy the format. I think you'll enjoy, uh, I know you'll enjoy what Trisha has to say about the impact that they're making, as well as her advice for how to continue to make that uh, impact in your own community. As you're listening, if you have someone in your life who you think would be motivated by connecting with Trisha or connecting with um, what you hear here, please forward this along to them. There's also a video in the link. We just did a video about the community impact they're having there. And so check out the video. The video is really inspiring and something that uh, gave me goosebumps in many ways. And so check out the video and share that with anybody. Uh, Trisha says one of the, the communities before they started, they connected with Columbus, Indiana on what they were doing around workforce readiness and got a lot of their inspiration and start from that relationship. And so that's how these things work. You find really passionate people doing awesome things in other communities and you kind of beg, borrow and steal those great opportunities and connect with them to help you take it further. And so look at this opportunity as a place to learn and as a place to hopefully be inspired about what you could do for your own community. As always, if you're a subscriber, thank you for subscribing. If you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. That's one of the ways that we know that uh, what we're doing is having an impact and in, in enriching your life. So I hope you're finding this these conversations as fruitful and helpful as I am. And I just thank you for listening. Enjoy this episode. All right. Well, Trisha, thank you so much for making time to join us today. I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, yeah, this is actually a really good highlight to my day. <laughs> well, good. We'll see if it, hopefully it, it, it holds that bar throughout this conversation. So our first question is the same for everybody, which is who are you and what do you love about what you do? So I am an individual who is super passionate about changing the lives of others. Um, I've been kind of a, a meander in the workforce world, um, but I've truly landed in a place where it's awesome to see how you can really impact other people's lives in a variety of ways. You know, we do, I get to do a lot around leadership development and finding, helping people find gainful employment. And I think there's no better thing in life than putting people on a path towards what makes them happy. Um, and so it's just, every day is awesome because I, I really do see everything coming together for the people in my community. Well, before we dive into the intricate details of Raise the Bar and what amazing work you guys are doing to change people's lives and career trajectories, tell us just a little bit about uh, that background that you said you, you've 
done a, a number of things. So what are, what are the, the highlights of your kind of background that led you to this really cool point in your life? I started out in the biology field. I definitely have a science mind, a math mind, and I definitely had this hopes of changing how we learn about disease and, and protecting and preventing, I guess, disease from happening to other people. So after I earned a bachelor's in biology, I went and got my master's in public health. And I focused it in epidemiology, which is the study of diseases and how they, uh, like the relevancy, the proportions of them. And for many years, I worked for a national nonprofit helping boards of health who run health departments understand how to do that. And I had a great time working with a lot of national organizations in the federal government. And after that, I, I spent about seven years being a grant writer for our local university. So I learned how to write grants and manage all of that financially, which has so much program development aspects to it. And that's what led me eventually into what I do today, which is workforce development and an executive director for our nonprofit, Raise the Bar. And I would just say it's, yeah, I started out in the science world and people are always like, how did you end up in grant writing? Because math and reading, like those are completely different things. Um, and then to go into workforce development, but I have always just said it's the love of learning that has brought me to where I am today and, and learning how to apply little tidbits along the way that it eventually all kind of nicely gelled into the role that I have. That's crazy. And that's awesome. I think one, you know, we, we were very fortunate to interview people like you who have are really doing really cool things in their community or across the globe. And a common thread I continue to notice is that so many people who are leading the big change now knew that in their heart, they wanted to make a big impact. They just didn't know what it was. They just kept following each step of what was revealed to them as opposed to force it. And it sounds like that's basically your story as well, right? That's a great way to summarize it. That's much better than I was doing with it. But yeah, you kind of just let your heart lead the way and you end up where you're supposed to end up. That's awesome. Well, all right. So I am uh, fortunate enough to have a, a pretty good background on Raise the Bar. But for those folks now who don't, can you just tell someone that you're just meeting on the street and they meet you and they say, what the heck is Raise the Bar? I'm curious because I'm really excited about what you guys are trying to do there. We are a workforce development nonprofit based in Ohio, and we are changing how individuals learn about and prepare for careers and in industries that we have here in our community. We really want to recruit and retain the talent that we have. So we work everywhere from cradle to career, uh, kindergarten through those who are currently in the workforce. Maybe they want to change careers or they just want to step into a new role in the workplace, making sure that they have exposure to all that exists when it comes to careers and industries, that they have technical training, the soft skills, which is where the Franklin Covey Seven Habits and Leader in Me comes in. And then also that they have those accessible and affordable pathways to the jobs that they are wanting. So how long has this organization existed? We actually, in terms of uh, nonprofit, pretty much in our infancy, we started in 2016. Okay. And we've had, I'm the second executive director in that amount of time. And it's just been kind of a nice world. COVID was an okay thing for us because we were running and running and running and making good progress in the community. And the time when we got to take a breath during uh, about a year's time where we weren't doing events and programs in the community because we usually worked a lot with the schools. And when they were in school, we couldn't host any of these kids. 
Uh, so yeah. we really kind of re-strategized ourselves and figured out where do we go from here after about five years of movement and progress. And the state of Ohio has made a huge investment in partnerships like Raise the Bar so that there is workforce development and talent development. And that's what's helped us kind of move into the new world that we are working in today and, and making even more headway when it comes to talent development. That's awesome. So you started out thinking your organization was going to focus almost exclusively or exclusively with the schools. And then now you've broadened that or am I de describing that incorrectly? Yeah, we've always had that cradle to career pipeline in mind. But when yep. it comes to how much we were focusing on just the youth versus realizing that there are so many adults that need just as much help and assistance and uh, support to get to new careers. So like the upskilling, I'm working, there's everyone's working here in our community. We have about 3% unemployment. So everybody is working. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just need to know how do I get to that next level or with the, we're heavy manufacturing community. One in four jobs in our community is manufacturing and mm -hmm. it's like automation's coming. So how do we like make sure that we are as progressive as we can be as we bring in new types of products and materials to produce for our community and for the world. So we started to diversify where we are like heading and that brought in the adult workforce side as well. That's awesome. So how, how do you all, you know, I had a broad question of what are your goals, but really what I mean is as you, you know, do this challenging work and really purposeful, intentional work that probably is life-changing for so many people in your community, what what are your measures of success year to year? So if you think about a year from now, what tells you if you're successful? And then five and 10 years from now, what are those measures you're looking at? Some of it revolves around our partnerships. Who are we partnering with? Who is walking alongside us in this workforce conversation? Uh, so as we start to see our network of business partners or education providers, even those social service network supports, if if that's growing concentrically, then we're doing the right thing because they're believing in the work that we are doing. Um, also saying that what Raise the Bar's three pillars or three strategies are, if the whole community is rallying around, like if we're gonna do workforce right, we're gonna do it, Raise the Bar leading us in that way. That's another measure of success. There's that credibility. Um, and then the number of individuals that we just reach by our, services, I guess, if you will, our programs, we can quantify that. So that's one of those quantifiable changes. But the work that I do is very much systems changing, meaning people can't work. It's not just a, I got to find a job issue. You know, there's always transportation issues and housing issues and substance use issues. So that's why we rely so much on other people and other partners to make this process work of getting people employed and being in a role that they're actually feeling fulfilled in. Like none of us want to be in a job that we just dread going to. And so we have to make sure that as raise the bar, I'm making sure other partners are at the table and leading this conversation with me because we're going to move the needle a lot faster. Well, that, that kind of answers almost my uh, follow-up question, which is 
you know, you, you all clearly, it, it looks like just playing around your website for a little bit, you're recruiting partners. That's a big deal for you. And when I go into digging about what your partnerships are all about, you define just a second ago, the four key areas, which is business, education, social services, and policymakers. So my question was there, why are those the four and how do they impact your overall goals? When Raise the Bar was first kind of becoming an object or an idea, it was looking at those four different policies, like the policymakers, the business, the social services, and then the educators. They were the ones at the table in our community saying, if we don't do something coming up, like we can see the writing on the wall, the numbers, the state population in Ohio is going down. The number of kids who are going to graduate high school, therefore, are going down. Our talent pipeline might shrink if we don't start doing something. And so it was those four groups that said, we need to stack this. We need to invest in this for our community's growth and sustainability, that they were the ones that we just always said, I have to be a part of what's considered an industry sector partnership. And so that's who we continue to always have at the table. And they, um, my board is actually, Raise the Bar's board is made up of representatives from each of those four areas. And they're the ones that are guiding and governing how we work and making sure that our programs and our areas of investment are impacting each of those four areas as well. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things I appreciated is um, a lot of a lot of discussions in education today uh, revolve around kind of workforce development and readiness. And we talk, oh, well, you know, it feels like you graduate high school and you have basically two options. You go to apprenticeship or you go, I mean, I know there's way more options, but it feels like it's like, oh, you can go to apprenticeship or go to college. Um, it feels like, again, I'm just looking at the material that I have on you guys in the video that uh, has recently been created that I, hopefully people will check out at the end of this, um, that you guys are really clear about there's not just one or two ways. There's you know five clear ways it seems like you defined uh, one, tell us a little bit about what you see as the opportunities for kids as they graduate high school, um, including college, and then how do you all help connect them to those opportunities? Here in Ohio, there's a lot of different ways in which kids can even graduate high school. <laughs> there are always new ways that um, our De Ohio Department of Education is saying, okay, you're, you are diploma ready. And some of that has shifted into this career ready world, which is awesome because that is a huge workforce conversation. It is a major shift in perspective. And that means that we can have kids who are going the career and technical education route, which back in the day was always called vocational education. So that's a little bit of a shift there. But when I say career tech, that means they're in high school and they're getting career exposure. And so there are some kids who have two years or more of experience in high school, and then they're ready for the workplace because they've already had that investment in, the, in their time and energy. Um, and then, you know, we have those students who could go right into the apprenticeship route and raise the bar. We help make sure that there are apprenticeships, that companies are offering that what's considered an earn while you learn model of come work for us for a couple of years. We'll pay for you to get your education and training, and then we want you to stay with us. Um, but then, you know, we just, also have to make sure that when we're, we have veterans, we have a huge veteran population in Northwest Ohio. It helps when we down in Dayton, you know, we have the Air Force and we've got a strong National Guard up our way. And so when people leave the military, we want to make sure that they have 
a way to use their vital skills that they got in the military to come back and be an asset to our employers. So how do we help them get back into it? So it's this constant, like there's no right one, one way to get into the workforce. It's how do I use my strengths? How do I recognize my strengths, my aptitude, my abilities, and my knowledge? And how do I make that something useful to an employer? So we kind of help people recognize all of that before they get into a job. So from a practical level, let's say, um, you know, I was a community member and I'm thinking, man, I I do want to stay here. I don't know what my path can be. I don't know if I have the right skill sets. If I see, you know, an organization like yours and I say, you know, hey, tell me about how can you help me? What's that? What's that experience like? That one, does that happen? And two, what's the advice you usually give when I think about education slash fit for the workforce? Yeah, it's, it's awesome that you bring this up because in the last year, we had a couple different partners in our community come up and say, you know, there's been parents who call us because their kid went to college, didn't like college, have no idea what they want to do. And I don't want them in my house without a path, right? Like how do I help them? Then you have partners who have individuals needing that second chance in life to start over and to find out who they are. And so those partners came to Raised Bar and said, what can we do? And we are using some of our funding to help create an assessment process for individuals who are adults. Once you leave high school, for a lot of us, our like safety net of support for career conversations is gone, right? Like it's what we learn on LinkedIn if we have the internet and if we're in that professional realm. But you know, like what is in the high schools today does not exist. Well, didn't exist even five, 10 years ago, let alone does it exist for the adults. And so we took an assessment process that is used by our local career tech center called Millstream Career Center. Uh, it's a hands-on aptitude assessment and an interest assessment. And we now offer that to individuals, adults in our community to give them that personal insight into who they are and their strengths. And then after they're done with that assessment, we point them to another online software that has like 3,000 videos of careers and how to develop your soft skills. And then we have those conversations and say, okay, this is what the assessment says about you. You've watched some job videos. What do you think is best for you? And then let's point you to, we'll take you to Owens, uh, our community college. We'll take you to our two-year and our four-year colleges, or we'll take you just to an employer and figure out, is there a match? So we've listened to our partners in the community. We've created an assessment to deal with exactly what you said. That's awesome. I think, I mean, again, your your passion very clearly up front is about helping people find their joy uh, impact in life, right? And so I was just thinking as we're talking, if I was that person, how could you help connect me or how could your organization just be the conduit to find the right places, right? Or in this case, let's say I didn't have the, there's an opportunity, but I didn't have the right skill set. Can you connect me to the education to earn that opportunity, right? That sounds really cool. Uh, one question I'm always curious with different people that we always ask is, uh, what challenges or failures or setbacks has your organization experienced along the way? Um, you know, change and growth and impact is messy. And so I'm just curious, you know, as you guys have evolved, what, what have y'all had to overcome? I'd say we're still trying to overcome that whenever you're a startup nonprofit, you know, you have to figure out how to get that financial 
uh, investment and strategy so that you have sustainability. And I think, you know, we're still trying to figure out um, how do we not just always rely on grants? How do we make sure that what we're doing becomes so ingrained in our community that it's everywhere? And it's not one organization that's carrying the torch and saying, like, we've got to do this. Everyone's bought in. So there's no right one person or group that's always doing this workforce. We're all kind of doing it together. Um, and I'm still a staff of one. Raise the Bar has always been a staff of one. And wow. there is so much excitement in our community around workforce and really in the state of Ohio that a huge challenge is just how do we do everything, grow at a good pace as an organization, um, and, and make as much impact as we can with the financial the budget that we do have, you know? So I think every kind of nonprofit feels this way, but it's a, it's a careful balancing act. That's our biggest challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, when you think about, I mean, hopefully there are a lot of folks listening who think, man, that would be a great type of organization to have in our community. What advice do you have for folks who are thinking about tackling this challenge and potentially creating such an organization or trying to help a certain organization they have evolve to make the impact that you guys are trying to make? So there, Raise the Bar was really formed off of a model from a sister city in Columbus, Indiana. Um, there is a collaborative over in Columbus, Indiana that had the whole model, the vision that we have used as our framework to move forward. And I would say some of the things that that collaborative has always taught us is if you don't staff it, it's not gonna happen, right? So you have to find those groups that are willing to invest in the possible um, and, and the vision that they have versus like there's going to be key deliverables or key, like check the box, this has happened. And so that's why I'm gonna wanna invest my money. Like they've gotta see where it can go. Um, another thing is, is having that going where the energy is. Uh, there's a lot of people who want to dabble in the workforce world because right now there is funding of federal, state, local for, for workforce conversations. Um, yep. But you have to go where the energy is, go where people are excited and see the vision instead of just um, trying to get everybody at the table, bring together who you have, where the energy is now. Um, and then just really thinking about where is our community right now and where do we want to be and how are we going to get there together? Yeah, I think uh, as you were as you were talking, uh, so Columbus, Indiana, I know a few folks that are from there uh, really well, actually, as you're I'm smiling because my wife's best friends uh, are from that area. Do you all stay in touch with the people there or is that something that when it got launched, that was a big deal and that relationship helped? Or is that something that you're able to continue on that relationship even to today? Yeah, there's always been a nice relationship with that team over there. Um, not that we rely on them for any more coaching and guidance or anything. It's just more of a, hey, let's celebrate. Thank you for giving us what we needed to get started. And we are so grateful to recognize where we started and where we are now and letting them see that celebration too, because it's a, you know, it feels good for them too, to say, wow, like we're doing this. They do this all over the country now. Um, but we, we were a part of their starting point too. So it's, it's a win-win for us all. That's awesome. Uh, before I get to our closeout questions that we ask every guest, 
Is there anything that you'd like to share specifically about Raise the Bar that I didn't ask or about your kind of vision for the future that you want people to know? You know, the soft skills, the leader in me, the seven habits framework is, it was started in our community by a single school district with Finley City Schools, which happens to be our biggest school district in the county. Um, it was because of that group of individuals, actually a couple a principal and some teachers at one of the small buildings in the district that brought it to our attention and said, hey, you know, it's amazing to see the changes in our children when we have this type of environment created where they're a part of the conversation. Um, and it got everyone in our community so excited to say, what could we be doing with the leader me? What others, what other districts want to be involved in this? And over the, you know, years of Raise the Bar being in existence, we have brought together community resources to help fund it. So the Leader Me has started in just like one or two buildings in Finley City Schools, and that now covers all nine buildings in the district. Plus we've added in several other of our rural uh, districts. So we're covering about 8,000 of our kids every year with the Leader Me framework. And we said, wow. you know what? The, the community sees the value in this. What else can we do with it? And so Raise the Bar, we've been having those conversations with our higher ed partners in town and saying, you know, college kids need this stuff too, right? Like we want them to yep. be special and, and have these unique skills when they graduate. So we took it to higher ed. And then we said, shouldn't our employers be having these? Like we want it to be so that when kids go home and they're like, hey, mom, hey, dad, you should put first things first today. The parents know what that means um, and they should be able to say it back to their kids. And so we've just been slowly trying to figure out how to embed that in our community to the point where we're in a really good place. Um, and our community sees the value of the soft skills that when our kids are, are stronger in their abilities and our adults are stronger in our, their abilities, um, we as a community are stronger. And so we're just really excited too. Is raise the bar to continue to see how we can use this framework and, and keep leveling up to make us as strong of a community as we possibly can be for the future. That's awesome. I, I heard someone recently. So soft skills is how I've always referred to that type of skill set, and I know it's a, a term that's recognized across the globe. But someone we had on our podcast a while back uh, suggested that they call it, we call them power skills because they're so powerful in terms of moving the needle within organizations. And so um, that's just something that I have taken from now of like encouraging people to think, all right, well, that was a good challenge. How do we, how do we make sure we under, people understand how important these skills are for the community and impact of an organization? Yeah, it's not. It's It was awesome. Last week, Raise the Bar, we hosted a community-wide leadership celebration uh, to, yeah. to honor all we are doing from the cradle to career continuum with soft skills and leadership development. And it was really awesome because some of the high school students who joined us had a aha moment. Well, they were like, wait a second. You we don't just learn leadership in school. Like this is an adult thing. All of these people came because they wanted to be better at leading. And it was like such a celebratory win because yeah, like the soft skills, the power skills, the durable skills, whatever you want to term it, those are life skills. And it's not meant to be demonstrated in any one area. It's got to be 
all the time. You are leading with those habits and that mindset. And so we are starting to see kids like, I I don't just do this at practice. I have to do this during the game. It's the same thing. Like I do this at school. Oh, and now I should do it when I graduate, when I go to college or when I go into the workplace, there's always a place for me to be a better leader. That's awesome. That's really uh, powerful to hear. And I look forward to having you back on uh, in a few years to hear how this continues to grow and impact others. Um, before we let you go, we have the same rapid fire questions we ask everybody. Uh, don't be intimidated. They're pretty easy and we're not looking for perfect answers. So first question is, what habit or discipline do you use on a daily basis to help you be the best version of yourself? I do think I put first things first. And I say that because I do like to think about my big rocks and my little rocks and making sure that I'm putting what's most important first and trying to make sure that even those in my family, my kids, they are doing the same thing. That's awesome. All right. What book or books have you read in your lifetime or recently that uh, have made such an impact on you that you you find yourself commonly uh, sharing it with others so they have to check it out? goodness. This is a really hard one because I often have an individual in our community. He loves to read and then he always recommends other books to uh, a colleague and I, and there's been quite a few that have just come down the pike, but I couldn't put my finger on one. But today I did get a book at a summit that I was at and it was about like the 10, 10 ways to change your attitude, just kind of always finding that hope and that strength and reflecting. And so I'm very excited to get into that book a little bit more, um, but how to keep a good attitude going. Yeah. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, my oldest son here, I have to always preface it because I have to give a shout out to Luke on the podcast who likes to watch these episodes on YouTube because he thinks it's cool for whatever reason. Uh, he, we used to ask like, what, what songs do you want to have in your playlist? But now because he's obsessed with baseball and we are in the St. Louis area. So St. Louis Cardinals is everything. And he loves walk-up songs. He wants oh, to know what yeah. everybody's walk-up song is. So it's a short, mm-hmm. short way to say, what's your motivational song or go-to song currently? It can change, he says. Uh, but right now, when you think of, I need a pump-up song, what is that? So in college, I had a professor who asked us on a test as like one of our questions about if you walk into a room, what's going to be playing? And my son's a <laughs> baseball player too. So we just chose his walk-up song. Um, you know, classic rock and I, or 90s alternative is where my mind always wants to go. And I think that plays on 90s alternative is now classic rock locally. <laughs> um, so that's, <laughs> that's crazy. Don't tell me that. That's crazy. I know it was, it totally has hit our classic rock channel. Um, goodness, you know, some Green Day songs always pump me up. Um, and my daughter has started playing them as her alarm in the morning. So I'll go with a Green Day song. That's awesome. I uh, started a playlist that I called for my kids called High School Hero. It's like my high school hero workout mix. And it is, I guess, considered classic rock by uh, what you, your, your standard is because it's all 90s rock, grunge, whatever. That's amazing. Yes, the grunge bands. Yeah. Yep. All right. Classic I'm here for that. I am. I am that now. Apparently. All right. Let's keep going. Last question. This isn't supposed to be hard, so don't don't bend your brain too much around it. But you're surrounded by really cool people in your community that are influential. Um, you're surrounded by great educators. You just went to a cool summit, whatever that was about. 
the question I'm curious always to ask people is what's the best piece of leadership advice or personal change advice that you've come across? And it may be what you shared about the book earlier that just hits you in a unique way that you're like, man, I'd like to share that when I get home to dinner tonight or this weekend with a friend or something. I'm just curious what that piece of advice is that you've gotten recently, or you can just never get out of your head. I would say that it's no matter where you are, you can always lead from where you are. That everyone kind of has this vision that when I'm a quote unquote leader, that means I'm over somebody else and leading them towards something. And instead it's like, lead from where you are. You can be leading your peers side to side, um, leading even up above you, but lead from where you are, no matter where you are in life. And just recognize that being a quote unquote leader doesn't mean I'm telling people what to do. It's, it's being an inspiring point of change in someone's life um, and, and having that ability to influence the way that people think about themselves and see themselves with value and purpose um, and uniqueness. And so I think no matter who we are, and those that are surrounding us, that we can do that when we lead from wherever we are. That's that's super inspiring because one of the reasons I came to Franklin Covey Education and why the leader in me process spoke to my heart so much was I wanted schools, every kid in every school to recognize they have worth and potential. And I wanted, to re- I wanted them to recognize that in spite of your grades, in spite of if you like extracurriculars or not, in spite of how, like whatever it is, you matter. And uh, just like you said, you are a leader because of your influence and being, not because of a position. Do you find, because clearly that's where your heart is, do you find as you see adults at different stages in their life that they struggle to understand they matter and that they are leaders and that leadership is positionless? I do. I do. And I don't know why, what happens from that moment when you do believe in yourself and all that you are possible of. And to then all of a sudden to thinking like, I don't have, I am where I am. Like, I don't know what happens in people's mindsets where that growth mindset changes, but I wish we could have this silver bullet of like, you know, matter what we do and what we say, people are always excited about who they are and they see their potential and no matter what the job is that they are doing, that they see that it is benefiting others. And, and that takes a little bit of mind training to say, I my job is to like make this place as safe as possible for other people so that they can do their best work. Um, that you know, the, the food that I'm bringing is nourishing to the mind and to the, into the body and, and just thinking differently about what we do and who we are and how we serve the greater good. That's great. I think... Um, uh... I was talking to uh, someone cutting my hair recently and we're talking about her son who's in her twenties and he still struggles today with confidence, even though she says her and her husband have always said he's special and made sure he felt confidence, but because the messages that were sent to him in high school, cause he didn't enjoy learning that learning modality, he feels like a failure or not smart. And so it's crazy to me to see how long I, I've met recently 50 year olds who still struggle with how the message that were sent to them at that age, in spite of the loving people they have in their life, still, they still feel that way. And so like, I, I hope your organization is constantly thinking about, obviously through your leader me work, you're thinking about it at a kid level, but how do we create that mentality and those paradigms for the adults so they can live and love and serve differently? 
I love that. We will definitely keep that in the work and the momentum that we have. So I appreciate that well, mindset. I appreciate you. You're the one that lit the spark for me. I was like, oh man, I didn't even think about that. I thought about it for kids forever. I don't, I don't often pause enough to think about that, how that matters for all of us, not just our kids. So Trisha, this was awesome. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. This was a really great conversation. I, my mom is a, a CEO and executive director of a nonprofit in Florida. I know the hours and tireless commitment that takes and sacrifice for your family and away from your family. And so I just hope you feel encouraged by the work you do every day. And I hope you continue to fight for what you know is right for your community. And thank you for letting us be a part of that journey with you. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, well, wish you best of luck and hopefully get a chance to talk in a few years from now. Yeah, sounds good. I would enjoy All right. that. All right, have a great day, Trisha. Appreciate you. You too. Please support us by subscribing to our YouTube channel, uh, podcast on Apple or Spotify, and help us celebrate the beautiful, messy work of shaping human potential.